Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce guest. She is currently the public dress announcer for the Baltimore Orioles. Please welcome Adrian Robertson, everybody. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, excited to have you on the show. And I like to start off by, you know, where did sports begin for you, whether you were, you know, an athlete growing up or just going to sporting events with friends and family? I played different sports growing up, but really it was my dad taking me to games as a young kid, hearing the announcers. Uh, My grandparents lived near a high school football stadium, and I could always hear that announcer like in the house. And it's just something I always wanted to do growing up. I was like, that's really neat that you're watching the game, but you're part of the game. And so just from the very get-go, I I wanted to do announcing. Yeah, for sure. And talk about that, Um, you know, growing up and just hearing – you know, going to games and obviously, you know, uh, you hear the different PA announcers. Um, so kind of from an early age, how did you know you wanted to get into it? And, you know, from an early age, how did you carve your path into the announcing size, whether that was announcing high school, uh, you know, at an early age or even, you know, getting your feet weed at college as well? Um, at an early age, I just I did an awful lot of reading. Um, my dad had me read out loud a lot just for presentation, <laughs> for speeches, for school in general. He wanted me to be able to speak well. Um, so that's just something we always did. And then, you know, getting into college, I liked theater and I liked acting. I liked the broadcasting aspect of sports and it, and it all came together. So at the University of Tennessee, I had a lot of opportunity to announce uh, soccer, softball, swimming, um, from that, I there was a double A team for the Toronto Blue Jays, so I applied to that team and I did announcing for them for two years. So it it continued to grow and bounce from that, but it definitely began at an early age. But the things I did uh, was different things: was attending all the sports, but um, also participating and continuing to grow in the English language courses and, of course, taking a communication degree. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about the versatility of working in multiple sports um obviously every sport is different but what was more vital obviously um or focus for you uh getting that variety uh within different sports and also honing your craft as well right yeah it was like i i focused my focus was primarily on baseball as in that was the sport i enjoyed the most and felt the most comfortable and knew the most about But from that, you know, you realize you can do soccer, you can do, I mean, once you understand the rules and the Mm -hmm. game and really get into the game, you don't want to just announce something to just to announce. You do need to know the sport and enjoy it, or then they'll show the enthusiasm. But it definitely, baseball is definitely uh, my first, but it grows to all the sports. And it's good to have that variety because each sport kind of has required, like, you know, we think of golf, you're a quieter sound. Um, baseball is high energy, wrestling is high energy, but some of the sports you're using a different style of voice. Basketball um, is on the point all the time. You're you're, you're on all, almost all the way, almost like play by play, but it's neat. Yeah, for sure. And, and talk about, you know, holding um, and crafting your unique style. Obviously, I think everybody in, in announcing or journalism, you know, there's so many uh, great, you know, ones that come before us uh, and 
I think their word of advice uh, is don't be like them, but take something from them that you can create and uh, be your unique self, right? Yeah, and that that's what I've actually told a lot of people, um, especially like students coming and still learning. The hardest thing is is to be yourself. You're learning from the greats. You're you might even recognize some of what they did or how their style was, but you have to be yourself because if you're anything but that, people will see through that. So it's it's finding your own way through it. Um, but yeah, definitely the most I would say the most important thing is being your absolute self, not putting on a voice, not lowering it, just being who you are and how have you been able to do that through the variety of you know announcing opportunities you've got how do you keep that pace and make sure that i'm gonna be unique and craft my style i'm sure uh you still do it or you know there's tweaks here and there but how do you continue to have that mindset um, never. It's just every day is a new day. So just going into every game, it's, it's not what you saw yesterday. Every, every, every experience is a new sport experience. Everything is, you know, everything is being in the moment. It's, it's, you know, reacting as the game's going on and hearing the crowd and, you know, the crowd may have died down a little bit and this player's coming up and he might, you know, we might have two outs and this is going on, but you just had this, this moment where you feel something. So you give it a little extra and whatever sport you're doing, you know, you find that drive to do that. You get, <laughs> if you get rest when you can, you, honey is great for you, tons of water. Um, but I guess, you know, really being in the moment. Yeah, for sure. And talk about your first announcing opportunity. What was it like and what were you feeling before that uh, game or uh, that first opportunity you did for announcing? Um. Back in college, the very first time I announced, um, I was definitely very, very nervous. Um, <laughs> it is good to use that nervousness as, or think of this butterflies as because you care. You want to do the job right. So you're using that adrenaline in a good way. Um, that first, you know, first one or two announcements, you might be a little in your own head. Um, but once you can get through that um, and, and just enjoy the game, um, it, it's getting to that point. But Everybody, you should be nervous on your first time, um, but just accepting that and uh, pushing through it. Um, there's no other way through it, but that <laughs> that's all you can do. Yeah, for sure. And what was it like, you know, going through, you know, the first few games and seasons uh, at college, you know, how, um, you know, was that like? And did you, I know some people say uh, they don't like to sound their own voice, but, you know, how did you grow, you know, in that first few months and seasons as an announcer? It was actually always hard to hear your own voice. So, <laughs> uh, I, that does, it just anybody judges it um, very hard. Um, but I've definitely grown as far as the more you practice, the more you say and do. Um, learning uh, the moments of when it's not good to talk or when it's good to press or when you don't have to go loud every single time. Um, really weighing out each moment. Um, I don't know if that really answers the question right, but I think <laughs> no, no. practice is important. And obviously, um, you have uh, well. I would say out. furthering your education. Like you're never done learning. Every time I go to another game, I'm not. When I go to somebody else's game, I'm not. You never. It's like when you watch a TV show. If you write 
you know, commercials and stuff, you're always judging other commercials, but it's not so much you're making an opinion, but you might learn from it and be like, oh, that's catchy. I, I like what they did there. So when you go to other places, you're constantly learning and you, you can't stop learning in some ways because I'm like, oh, I've always done it this way. It doesn't mean that way is the right way. And like, I'll go to somebody else's basketball game and just like hear their style or hear how they brought out one player. So it, you don't, you never finish learning on this process. Yeah, of course. And uh, talk about uh, your time before you got to uh, the Orioles. What were you doing uh, before you got to Baltimore and uh, some of the announcing you were doing beforehand? Uh, before I got to Baltimore, I was with the Bowie Bay Sox, the double-A team for the Baltimore Orioles. And I was with them for 18 seasons. And also I worked out and still work with Georgetown University doing volleyball, women and men's soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, men and women's, um, women's basketball. And I really enjoy the basketball program. I also this past year got to go up to Connecticut for the Big East Women's Tournament. And nice. that was so much fun to work. It was, uh, went up on the road for four days, intense basketball, great programs. And it was just so neat seeing everybody in the different mascots and that they brought the animals and it was, and they had neat enter, uh, entertainment. Um, but it was, it was really neat doing that. So I've kept busy doing that. And then I have two kids that are now adult children, but, uh, I did all that before I got to the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and talk about the minor league experience. I think, you know, whether it's an internship or even young professionals coming out, how is it working in the minor leagues? Right, It's like a must have, right? I think it's a must-have. I feel like it's something you really need to do before you get out into the real world. It's almost like your kindergarten uh, class, your <laughs> prerequisite to the rest of life. Um, you will work more hours than you've ever worked in your life. Uh, you won't have much of a social life. Your friends <laughs> will be your family that you work with. You will work 17, 20-hour days without blinking, but you will have the most fun. You'll have experiences that you'll remember for a lifetime. And what's really cool being in minor league, because it is minor league, you're not doing one job. You're wearing 20 different hats. You're all putting a show on together and you absolutely don't know what's going to happen that day. And then the odd entertainment they bring to bring the crowds out. It's just, it really, it's, unless you've been in it, it's really hard to explain, but it's an incredible way to get your foot in the door. And I kind of think it's a great start for everybody to feel a little bit of it. Yeah, for sure. How many uh, tarp pools were you a part of? I uh, am incredibly fortunate that I have never participated on a tarp crew. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I've, I've cheered them on so many times <laughs> on the mic, and uh, I give them incredible credit. But uh, luckily, I have two arms in great shape, and I've never gotten pulled under. And yeah, <laughs> I've survived that. That's fantastic. Um so, you know, you were with Bowie, you, you still are involved uh, with Georgetown Athletics. Was there ever an opportunity within those 18 years to maybe move sooner to, you know, the professional level or yeah. a desire to? There was, a, there was definitely a desire to, and there was, a, there was some moments, but uh, it, I believe it definitely happened when it was supposed to happen. Um, <laughs> It feels like such a long time. And when I look back, I'm like, wow, I was, you know, in the minors for a long hunt. But um, I, I really, I look back and I, I it was, it, it happened when it was supposed to happen. And I'm so glad it did happen. 
Yeah, for sure. And talk about some of the mentors you've had to lean on, you know, throughout your uh, broadcasting career. Wow. Um, there's so many. Um, yeah, I, I really, I don't even know where to begin on that one. Um, there's so many that I've looked up to, um, people that have helped me along the way, teachers that have been incredible through uh, the program, um, bosses that I've had. Um, I know that, I, like, I interned in college under uh, Mike Keith, who actually uh, is the voice of the Tennessee Titans, and uh, I learned a lot from him. Um, gave up a lot of Fridays and learned <laughs> a lot about sports. And uh, but it, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so really too many that I would need to give credit to, but um, I'm hoping that I can give back to a lot of people coming up as they continue to learn too. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you mentioned, you know, obviously working in sports, no matter what role it is, you know, it's a lot of hours and talk about that for yourself. How do you, you know, it's not necessarily a work-life balance. I think it's more of an integration between (laughs) work and life. Right. So how uh, have you been able to do that, and how did you do that while working with the Bay Sox? Um, <laughs> that's the, for anybody in this. I'm I'm still learning. I have not mastered that. Um, I think I've gotten just a tiny, tiny bit better. <laughs> um, I I stepped down from Sirius XM about a year ago. One of those people that when I'm in somewhere, it's hard to leave, and I just kept holding on. But you can't work. 15 jobs. I'm probably still working way too many as it is, but I love what I do. Um, finding that balance is just, it's hard because sports is, it is your holidays. It is your days off, but it's also, it's, it's fun and entertainment. It's what people go to on their day off. So you're really getting the best of both worlds. Um, like I said, I'm trying to work on that in the summer. Plan, I'm planning on vacation, but I'm probably going to go see a game when I go on the road. So um, yeah, I've, I went to, my son's graduation in May, so I'm going to take a little bit more time off here and there, but the answer to that is I, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's always learning process. I love it. Um, so, yeah, talk about your, you know, announcing with Georgetown Athletics, you know, and how, you know, unique that is. And obviously you mentioned getting an opportunity to travel uh, during the tournament and so forth. Uh, but talk about, you know, some of that and, you know, why you continue to do it as well. Uh, Georgetown, it was really cool. I want to say back in like 2011, um, a gentleman that I was working with at the Bowie Bay Sox was also working um, at Georgetown. He was a sports information director and he was moving up the ranks, getting his uh, graduate um, assistance program and all that kind of stuff. And he had pulled me in to do a couple of baseball games. And back then it was uh, where the Bethesda train plays and um, I, I started there, and then from that, they asked, can I fill in a first soccer game? So in the very beginning, it was sporadic games, and then it grew as I got to know different sports information directors and, and learn the different sports, and it was amazing. Like, volleyball is so different, and yet one of the most fun sports to announce. It's Because it used to be, when I was in college, it was just the serve receive the point. And years <laughs> ago, they changed it, and so every point, is just is on and it's exciting um you're right on the courts um again the women's basketball i started doing that program a couple years ago and that like that has continued to grow and i'm so excited for the girls the program um we just got a new coach actually who graduated from the university of tennessee so i'll have that in common um 
but their program is, is just been great that this past year we won more games than we have in many years. The new center that looks great. And uh, basketball-wise, yeah, it just at Georgetown, I continue to stay because I love the program. The people I've worked with, obviously, they continue to stay. When you look at the sports information directors, directors and they aren't moving, that tells you what a good program they have and why people don't leave. So I continue to do the job because it, it's fun and – whether it's collegiate or professional, I enjoy announcing the sports. And it, it, it leaves you connected to everything when you're still a part of it as well. Yeah, and the DMV area has a wealth of sports. And to have, you know, a connection with the Orioles and Georgetown Athletics, I mean, it's, it's a really amazing area to be a part of, especially uh, in the sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're very lucky here in the DMV area. <laughs> Uh, so talk about, you know, women's sports and how, you know, how has that evolved and, you know, bringing more awareness to women athletics and uh, the sports that they play and how has that evolved over time since you've been doing announcing? Well, I think there's definitely more women in the sports world, which is really important um, and in the right positions. Um, it has grown over the years. You know, when I first started out there, I was one of the few, if only, women in the press box in any of the sports. Um, and that has definitely changed over the years. Um, and and it, that change has become is, is a very important change. But also what is most important is that you're qualified for the job. Like, I still feel we need we need both of us. We need all of us in the industry. But we also need, you know, to recognize it, it's such a hard thing because it's, it's a who you know, it's a how you do, mm-hmm. it's how long, if you're dependable, are you on time? You know, there's your talent's just one part of the whole equation. And it, it's it's a lot. Um, but I think, you know, putting the right people in the right spots that have hard earned it. Um, but it is great to look around the press box and see more women in the industry doing the job and doing it well. And it, it's great all around. I, I mean... The atmosphere is great, yes. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about the power of networking. I mean, I think it's huge, especially for uh, those college students, you know, I've done in the past as well. You know, how important is it and what strategies have you used in the past to stay connected to uh, mentors and obviously your network, uh, you know, throughout your career? Really, you know, you're paying attention um, from when you're in the classrooms to when you're um, out at an event and you're meeting someone and it doesn't matter who you're working for or what you're doing at that event, remembering people's names, helping out when you can. Um, and then when they ask you to do something again, and the, the biggest thing, um, you're, you're not in this industry to make money. Hopefully you do make some along the way, but you're in it because you love what you do. Um, and that'll show. So besides the networking is enjoying what you do and sharing that with others and asking them what they do because their role may not be yours, but it might help you to do yours better and learn that, Oh, well, that's how you do that and how we can work together. It's just, it's fun, but it's um, very important to try to remember people's names and their faces and uh, keep some business cards if you can, but uh, more important social media networking now. Yeah, of course. And do you uh, reach out to, you know, previous uh, people that you've met, you know, like maybe send them, you know, a note, you know, maybe once or twice or even three times, just checking in, see how they are and what they're up to from time to time. 
people that the people that I'm very close to, I do. Um, not everyone, um, but the ones in my network and and good friends. Yes, I do stay in touch with. Yeah, it's so huge. I mean, you think about it. You know, the sports industry. There's so many opportunities, and it's a vast network. But really, it's the sports industry uh, is a very small world, and the, you know, this person may know that person. So, keeping up with contacts and networking is huge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, talk me through. Uh, you know your. Uh, you know what's your. How do you prepare? Uh, for an Oriole game or the next homestand? What does that preparation look like? Um, well, I'm always keeping an eye, of course, on the games while I'm there on the road and seeing uh, transactions, of course, online, who's coming up and who's coming down, um, being prepared for the names at all times, always checking them out um, online. Mm-hmm. ER, we have a, a fantastic uh, queue that does our uh, Spanish translator. I talk with him on pronunciation of names if I have any questions. Um, always, especially with an upcoming team, if we haven't seen them as much, I go online and see their games, make sure I'm familiar with all their names. If there's a name I'm unsure of, I always check three sources. The reason I check three is even if they're your own team, people could still say the name wrong. Um, so I always like to get three different directions on that. The best source is, of course, the main source. But if you can't like to check with a public relations guy, the guy that travels with them on the road, um, or even their their radio or TV personalities, I'll talk to them. Um, staying, you know, hydrated, um, staying healthy, um, trying not to talk too much prior to the day before. <laughs> yes. um, but other than that, you know, I really it just, you know, just being aware of what's the what transactions and what's going on and getting to the game early enough for any things that could happen last minute, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about, uh, you know, uh, looking three ways for the names. Uh, when you get there, is there um, are they hyphenetically spelled out, or when you get there, do you do that manually yourself? I do it manually myself. There is a list they put out uh, the end of March, um, right up sort of towards the end of spring training, that has the pronunciations for the forty man for all teams. But of course, there, there's trades, there's transactions, there's things that happen. The guy gets dropped off, another guy gets brought up. And then a name that you, Jimenez, that's spelled with a J, but you know Spanish correction, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that person follows that rule. So you really have to throw out, even the name Smith can be Smythe. You've got to constantly um, ask. That's the only way through it because assuming is going to make you look bad. Exactly, for sure. I love that. And so, you know, from the game and, you know, in between um, innings, you know, there's, uh, you know, different things that go on. Um, So is there anything that you do that you can maybe pre-record for, you know, like certain announcements that may come throughout the game or anything like that? All of it is live. Um, so, I mean, some stuff some, with uh, the on-field MC, we may do a pre-record if there's something they have to be at two spots in the stadium at the same time or we're showing a background shot. Um, but that's not pertaining to me, so that's like a different angle. But for me, um, everything, I, I'll say one or two times I might record something mm-hmm. uh, pre-game, but 
it's all live. So we look at the scripts. Um, I get the scripts about two, three hours before the game. Sometimes I'll get them the night before, especially if it's a special presentation or a longer one to read. Mm -hmm. But we have plenty of time to read those through. And I go through with the director and a producer and make sure I have the, all the correct pronunciations, especially before we go live in the game. If I'm doing any names that aren't pertaining to the team, uh, like a, a special sponsor or somebody who, you know, did a lot of tickets or we have an award presentation, making sure those names that, you know, Mr. So-and-so from whatever company that I have not mm -hmm. his name right, but his company pronounced right. So there's that, that we, you know, gather all that information, sometimes working with interns and sometimes working um, with the sales sponsors, usually mostly working with um uh, Catherine, um, a great girl that I work with at the Orioles. She's, uh, down the field a lot and she, she like runs that show and helps put it together. Um, as far as when the live game is happening, getting people in their places. Yeah. With something really awesome that, uh, the Orioles have done this year is highlight, you know, community organization, uh, throughout the season. And that's been, uh, really awesome to see, you know, uh, the local businesses get recognized, and uh, it's really unique to see that uh, throughout the year. Yeah, and I like seeing the people's actual reaction and them actually enjoying the moment, too. Like, it's not, you're not just saying the words, you're actually visually seeing what's going on. Exactly, for sure. And just like also uh, from the Star Spangled Banner, uh, when, you know, and I was recently at a Blue Jays O's game, and it's really awesome that the uh, Canadian national anthem is also sung with the U.S. national anthem, so that's awesome uh, to see that piece as well. And that national anthem saying there's very few that can do both and do both well, and it's incredible people they've selected this year and you know several years that we've had because it's in, it's such a different pitch and it, people don't even understand. I mean, just because you can sing doesn't mean you can sing that song. <laughs> to sing both those songs is is incredible. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely understand. And I'm sure, you know, the selection process on that, uh, you know, they do a phenomenal job. And uh, I, I, it's rare that uh, I'm not disappointed when I <laughs> the national anthems at a baseball game. <laughs> uh, so talk about, you know, the submission process, what it was like for you, what type of demo tape. Uh, did you had to put together to, you know, to submit to the Orioles for the PA announcer job? That goes back over 10 years now, but um, <laughs> it was at that time, it was pretty incredible. They had um, put it out, uh, I believe, through newspaper and social media, and you could send it in um, over the Internet or by CD-ROM. Um, they gave you the names that they wanted you to pronounce. They gave you um, a slight script to work with. So I know that that was having been in the radio and broadcasting industry for a long time. I know how important it is to follow that rule. Reason being, um, when I worked at a radio station in California and we would be hiring a new like afternoon drive somebody, the first thing we would do is, did you follow the thing? Now somebody <laughs> might put their resume in a really create pizza box and it's time to hire me or blah, blah, blah. So creative, but did you follow the rules? Mm -hmm. And that's the first cutoff. So they may have asked you to pronounce ABC, but if you said an XYZ, you were thrown out and you were like, oh, but I did something different, but that's not what they asked of you. So that's the first step. So I followed the steps directly to what they asked for. 
Um, they said they had over 670 applications. The first round was down to 25. When I got that call, I mean, I was so excited. I happened to be in DC at the time. I had been covering a Georgetown game. I was walking downtown. There's ambulances, sound effects all around behind me. And I thought it was a friend punking me at first. Like, it was just like, I didn't even, like, it was so something I wanted so bad, but it was like, it's it's really happening. So Mm -hmm. um, when I got to the auditions, um, there was 25 of us. It was snowing that day. It was uh, in the month of February. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it was just wild. So they said that they had um, secret listeners scattered throughout the ballpark. I do not know who they were. There was at least 12 of them, all different people all different ages. Um, then the actual process, you're in this room and they give you a like 30 page script to work through and all sorts of questions about the Orioles and just all sorts of stuff. So you have time to read through this script and get comfortable it and at it and they're calling us one at a time. They call you down to the room and you're in this, uh, not the area where you announce, but in air- one of the areas where you can announce and they had a microphone set up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you sat down, they took the script away from you. Because the whole point is you don't know what happens and it's a live game. So you've been been depending on this roster. You're about to go. And uh, last second, now the guy playing third is not playing. Uh, Second is now left field. And they might be talking in your ears. Well, a lot of people don't understand. I wear a headset. And there are like 11 voices in my head. Wow. (laughs) As I'm talking. And they might be yelling at the camera guy, no, 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 not that shot. And I'm hearing no, 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 thinking it's me and it's not me. So again, you've got to differentiate the voices. You've got to be live with the game and they got to be present enough to know that, oh, okay, I was about to announce the catcher, but it's now this guy. So it's, again, they were trying to trip you up purposely. Um, and again, it was snowing, so it was freezing. The window was open. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> it, it was it was exciting though, because I'm like, I'm announcing Camden Yards. Like yes. I knew that even if I didn't get the job, this I'm getting to do, like, this is incredible. Like I just enjoyed every moment of that. From that, it narrowed down, I think, went to seven, five, and then it was final three. Um, when it got down to final three, they asked if I would be willing to back up. And, of course, I don't think anybody would say no to that. Um, and that very first year, I got to back up two games. Um, I did the minor league appreciation game, um, and then I did also Mother's Day. And that kind of became a thing to start doing Mother's Day games. And over the years, um, I would do anywhere from three to 14 games a season, and um, it was incredible every time they asked me. But anyway, so through the process, it went seven. When it got down to the interviews, um, I was flashcarding history of Orioles like no other. Um, <laughs> I, you had no idea what kind of questions they were going to ask you. So you were just ready for anything. And I got to do a neat behind the scenes tour. And I got to see a Lego display of Camden Yards. And oh, wow. just everything about the interview process, you know, hardest part was not getting it. But then to still be a part of the family as the years went on and then eventually getting the job. I just, I love everything about the Orioles and yeah, the interview process, even if I had never gotten the job, that part of the process was just, that moment was great because it's something I always wanted to do. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, obviously you had done games in the past. So just talk about the momentum and that you had um, when you officially took over as the full-time PA announcer well, I still pinched myself. I mean, I know I have the job and I know where <laughs> I go and I clearly am behind the microphone, but I still pinched myself because it's just, it's the coolest thing um, to be doing what I'm doing. Um, but the pro- like, it, do- it just doesn't, I hope to always feel this feeling where you're just always excited to arrive and 
have an incredible view and you just you never know like you know the the movie any given sunday for football you you just never know what you're going to expect that day um so getting the job becoming part of it also seeing these guys some of these guys i have seen since the get-go since they first Mm-hmm. step foot on a field um not uh, you know not their very first time step on the field the parents saw that but just seeing these guys come up from the minors and what they have to get through to get to this point because it's such a small small percentage get to play on the major league field and it's incredible to even announce when these guys get that very first moment of saying their name for the first time in a in major league ballpark their first time at bat like it's just our first time getting into the field, uh, first time pitching. There's just there's so many first moments, but there's so many moments in period. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it. Yeah, I still I still pinch myself, and I'm still happy to this day. And it's an exciting job to have. And Baltimore Orioles, Orioles, um, they continue to grow. And this season is just it, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming in two years, but it's already here. And to see how well this team is coming together, um, you're seeing names you've never seen before, and yet they're just being enveloped into the city is really cool. Yeah, and, and talk about that. Obviously, um, you know, talk about the excitement around the team. Obviously, there's you know the time when they were uh, not as good, but talk about how much young talent the team has, and obviously they're playing just so well with the core group of guys they have. And you also mentioned the connection that a lot of these players played in the minors together. So it's really, it's been almost a, a seamless transition for a lot of our core guys. Yeah. It's, it's neat. Something to come, come together. Like it's kind of like their brothers or they've been roommates before, you know, and teammates before they've played against each other in the Eastern league um, or even the Western league, but they just, it's seeing these guys, they they're gelling. Um, and, and they're young and they're excited to play and nothing's stopping them. They, and we've seen it all season. They could be down by who knows what, and they're not seeing that they're playing, they're playing at it every moment. Obviously, you know, sports is not your typical nine to five. Uh, so how do you, like, what's your mindset knowing that? And then how do you maintain that throughout different opportunities that come up? Um, I uh, still have a paper calendar. That's the only way I can kind of keep <laughs> going. This, it's on the cell phone, but really the paper calendar with highlights of all different colors. Um, trying to make sure to myself, like a um, very good friend of mine, son is uh, playing in the collegiate level. This will be his last year. Hopefully he'll get into the NFL next year, but this will be his last year playing. Um, so I'm definitely marking that. Uh, University of Albany is coming to play Towson first weekend of October. So I'm going to get to that game. So I'm already like, because I'm already getting into knowing my Georgetown fall sec- fall soccer schedule and hopefully my volleyball schedule is coming soon. So I'm already locking stuff up. So I'm trying to already go, well, I want to see my friend's son play and I want to see um, this weekend or that weekend, like hone some stuff. So like, you know, I live in Baltimore now and, and I want to see so much more of the city. Like I want to get to the zoo brew and I want to, you know, when there's different events, I want to participate in them. So I want to make sure I have enough weekends left off in my life that I'm balancing that correctly. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm still learning that process, but there's a lot of neat things coming up. We got concerts coming to the Orioles. Like we, that's what I'm saying. Like I just, there's always something going on. Um, and like, you know, even when the season's not happening, we're still doing neat 
things with the guys and volunteer opportunities and activities where they might be visiting and that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's, there's always something going on, but yeah, trying to highlight some weekends that I keep open. <laughs> well, if there's any final piece of advice that you would give to those aspiring broadcasters or announcers that we haven't touched on yet, what would it be? I would say, you know, don't give up. And if this is truly what you want to do, go for it. And, um, you know, when one person says no, somebody else is going to say yes. And remember that what you do is an art. Seven people may like it. Two people, you're not ever going to make everybody happy. And that's very hard to hear. Mm. But it's also the fact you cannot make everybody happy. So the only thing you can do is strongest partners and being yourself. But doing the best that you can do each and every day. Like, so, you know, whatever's going on, you leave that at the door, you bring yourself and you're, you're putting like, cause the athlete, they're having a great day. They're having that moment. You want to honor that moment. You want it to be exciting. You want that fan. It might be their first game. It might be their first time they got their dad back out there since COVID. It might be their daughter graduated. Their cousin did this. You don't like everybody is having their moment. So you just, you want to add to that excitement and give everybody an awesome day. And so I would say the two biggest things would be be yourself. Well, let's do three. Be yourself, have fun, be in the moment. I love that. They say if you have fun, uh, it's what it's all about, having fun. Because if you're not having fun, something's wrong, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Adrian, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast. Thank you.